Good morning, Mission View Church. Man, it is, it is an honor to be here with you this morning to share God's word with you. And I'm just, I'm humbled um, to be, to make it th- to this point through this process. And uh, like Josh said earlier, they have been extremely thorough, extremely thorough as they've gone through the process. And I appreciate that. I've really appreciated um, the entire thing. As I've had the opportunity to meet with your elders and watch past sermons, browse your website, even attend a Sunday morning service, I have to tell you that Janelle and I are extremely excited about what God is doing at Mission View Church. I believe there's two things that are foundational to a healthy, growing, and vibrant church, that we love God and we love others. In Matthew 22, uh, the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up and make him say something to get himself in trouble. Uh, They asked him a tough question. He was questioned about the law. What was the most important law of them all? His response was that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and prophets. Love God, love others. This is what really excites me about Mission View. I mean, even even your name is keeping the mission that God has set out for us right in the forefront, that as we love God and grow closer to Him, we cannot help but tell others about Him. What He's done in our lives, what He promises to do, isn't something that we can keep to ourselves. Like I said earlier, there's literally thousands of people surrounding us that don't know Jesus yet, And Mission View is strategically positioned and commissioned to tell them about what God has done through the person of Jesus Christ. You know, we all have a testimony. Each one of us that have given our lives to Jesus have a testimony that God saved us through the person of Jesus Christ. That's our testimony. We share the same testimony. It's the testimony of an amazing God that loved us so much he sent his only son to die for us, to make a way for us to be in right relationship with our creator. And we, we have been commissioned and we have the opportunity to share that amazing testimony with everyone that we meet. Do you remember, do you remember that time that God really met you? touched your heart? Do you remember that time? I know I do. What a time it was where he just revealed who he was to me in a miraculous and powerful way. And then he revealed who I was to me. He took out a heart of stone, replaced it with a heart of flesh that responded to his love, to his grace just responded in repentance to God. God is good. We all share in that testimony. If you have your Bibles today, would you open up with me to Joshua chapter 24? I get the privilege of closing out your sermon series on leadership and looking um, through Joshua. Man, uh, Joshua's an amazing guy, isn't he? You, you enjoyed the, the sermon series? Man, it's really powerful. I love reading the stories of these guys in the Old Testament. Just amazing things that they do. You know, it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in the man Joshua and think about, wow, look at what he did. Look at all this stuff. Man, he's amazing. It's, I mean, it's, it'd be easy to go through the book and, and think, wow, Joshua's awesome. But we don't want to make that mistake, do we? 
Because really what we're looking at, what we really want to pull out of Joshua's story isn't that Joshua is an amazing man. It's that Joshua served an amazing God. And we serve that same God today. That God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he wants to do amazing things in and through our lives. So as we read through this, we're going to be looking at kind of the end of Joshua's life. This is the renewal of the, the covenant before they walk into their inheritance. And this is kind of the ceremony. So this is what we're going to be reading. Let's go ahead and pray uh, before we read God's word this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we get to open your word. Father, I surrender myself to you right now. Have your way. Give me the words to say the way that you would have me share them. God, soften our hearts to receive the truths of your word, that it would change us, that it would grow us, that it would make us into the people that you've called us to be. God, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. The covenant renewal at Shechem. Joshua 24, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan. And made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac, and I gave Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave Esau the hill country and Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it. And afterward, I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. The Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you and I gave them into your hand. And you took possession of their land and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and invited Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the leaders of Jericho fought against you, and also the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gigabites, and the Mosquitoites. And I totally stole that from Pastor Craig Peters. I'm just going to give that out there. I love that when he did I was like laughing hysterically when he did that. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, and the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and, a, and cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Man, an amazing remembering that God is calling his people to look. Look at what I did. Remember. Remember what I did. And here's where our text takes a turn. After remembering all this stuff, you, you may be familiar with the phrase we're going to read here in a little bit. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anybody got that hanging in their house? Right, right? That's a, that's a popular phrase. We're going to read that in just a little bit. But look at how this text takes a turn. Now, therefore. Now, anytime you see a therefore in there, you've got to find out what it's there for. 
And we know what it's there for. It's what we just read. Now, therefore, in light of all this stuff that God's done, the mighty God that we serve, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. Then he will turn and do harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he has spoke to us. Therefore it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. Now our text goes on and it shares about the death of Joshua and where he sent some others um, where others were buried and in the land of their inheritance. Now, the first thing I want to pull out of this text today for us, we find um, in the first 13 verses that I pointed out. And uh, you can write this down if you want in your uh, sermon notes, your program as you got it, as you came in. But it's this, it's remember. Remember what God has done. How many of you here today have figured out that life isn't just rainbows and unicorns? Anybody got that one down yet? Life is tough. Life is hard. We, go out, we come to church and we worship God and we have relationship with the Lord. It's great. We meet friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe go out to lunch and have a great Sunday. Then we wake up Monday morning, go to work and talk to our boss and do work. And, and things don't always go great and it gets rough. Life can be hard sometimes. There's struggles we have in relationships and in our marriages and in family relationships. They, they bring challenges and struggles, family, work, the chaos of life. We're trying to balance it all. It's easy in all of that to forget what God has done in our lives. Right now, I, I want us to just take a moment and remember. Remember. Remember the times that God's brought comfort 
that God has brought peace or maybe victory in your life. Remember what God has saved you from. I remember when God grabbed my heart. I was sitting across the table from a pastor, a friend of mine. We weren't friends at the time. But I was going through some real struggles in my life. And he grabbed a Bible and he takes it and he puts it in front of the table right in front of me. He says, Matt, do you believe every word in this book? And I said, yeah, yeah, pa Pastor, I, I believe. I, be I believe what the Bible says. He says, no, no, no. I mean, do you truly believe every word in this book? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe. I, I believe everything that, that's in there. And he's, no, no, Matt. From Genesis to Revelation, front to back, do you fully and truly believe every word in this book? And I'm like, yeah, I believe it. He says, no, you don't. If you believed every word in this book, you would never sin. He was confronting me. Like the centurion in the Bible, he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You see, what he's pointing out is that all of us have pockets of unbelief in our lives. And we live out of what we believe. We make decisions in our lives on, based on what we believe. And I had to take a real open and honest look at my heart and my life and say, there are some things I believe. But you know what? There are some things I don't believe. God, where is it in my heart you need to work on me right now? Man, it was, it was in that moment of just humiliation that God just gripped my heart. He revealed who he was. And he revealed who I was in desperate need of a savior. And I look back at that time. What was it in your life where God gripped your heart and changed you forever? Do you know that God loves you? Mission view. Do you really know that God loves you? He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for us. I, I can't even imagine that. I couldn't imagine my only sending my only son. Jesus left heaven. I mean, the very paradise that you and I are longing to get to, Jesus just walked out of. He put on flesh, became a man, the Bible says he humbled himself to the point of becoming a man. And then he lived a perfect life, fulfilling the law that, that we've talked about. He fulfilled the law, something that you and I can't do. He lived a perfect life, perfect in thought and in deed. And then, the young age of 33, he died a sinner's death on a cross. That's what Jesus did for you and me. That's how much God loves us. Do you remember the time that he grabbed your heart? But his story doesn't end on the cross. Three days later, Jesus rose again, defeating sin and death for you and me. And the Bible says that he goes and he prepares a place for us. That's 
the God we serve. That's the love of God. That's what he's done for you and me. So as we remember, after Joshua shares this amazing history of God, that God's proven faithfulness, he asks them to commit to God, to renew their covenant with God. Let's pick it up again in verse 14. I know we already read it, but I love reading these things again. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fa- God your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The second notes that you have or fill in in your notes would be this. In light of God's grace, commit to serve to the Lord. In light of God's grace, commit to serve the Lord. I love this. I love that, that it's not just, it's, I love that it just doesn't start in verse 14. I love that it starts verse 1 to 13 because that's, that's how God works. It's not just this, choose this day whom you'll serve. He doesn't start there. He starts with, this is who I am. This is what I've done. This is what I've promised to do in your life. <laughs> when, you, when you think about this, it's, it's really crazy that, that Joshua, choose this day whom you will serve. It sounds like this deep, hard command. But after what Joshua, God had just shared through Joshua with his people, it's almost a rhetorical question. I mean, when you hear the Israelite people answer them, oh man, who is, I mean, after what you've just pointed out, I mean, how can we not? How can we not serve the Lord, Joshua? Yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. We want to renew our covenant with the Lord because of who he is. His grace and his mercy has been proven. His faithfulness is amazing. Even when we weren't faithful, Joshua, we look back and we see how faithful he was. How can we not? How can we not serve God? What an amazing, amazing story. So knowing all that, knowing all that, God says, come and follow me. What has God done in your life? What has he brought you through? In light of that, come and follow me. Mission View, hear me on this. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more than he loves you right now. And there is nothing you have done in your life that would cause God to love you less than he loves you right now. That's the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. Knowing that and letting that sink deep into our hearts I ask you, choose now whom you will serve. Choose now whom you will serve. In light of the grace and mercies of God. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? Who wouldn't? Maybe you're here today 
and you're just checking out this church thing for the first time. Or maybe you're here and you've been going to church for a long time. That's the question we have to ask. Who will you serve? You know, we can, we can live out our lives searching, trying to find happiness and fulfillment in the things or people. But true, ultimate, lasting happiness, joy, and fulfillment can only be found in the creator, not the created. You see, everything that this world promises will leave us wanting, but everything that God promises is everlasting. That leads us into the last point of our sermon today, the third point. We find it in verses 24 through 28. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he has spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. That last feeling is this, live in the promise of our inheritance. Live in the promise of, of our inheritance. God, again being true to his word, delivers on his promise of inheritance. Joshua sent every man into his inheritance, it says in verse 28. Now think about this. We too, like the Israelites, who were held captives as slaves in Egypt, we were once held captive by sin. And we, like Israel, were set free from captivity. We, like Israel, are reminded of God's great faithfulness, grace, and mercy, and are called to commit to him in light of his great faithfulness. And finally, we, like Israel, were promised an inheritance that is yet to come. We are called to live out our lives in light of eternity. We have to believe we are who God says we are. That we are who God says we are. Do you know who you are? Do you know who God says that you are? Let me read it to you. It's in Ephesians chapter 1. It says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, get this, in him, we have obtained an inheritance 
having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That is who we are. That is who you are. And that is what God has promised. We have an inheritance. We have eternity. It's, it's crazy. We get so caught up in this life here on earth. The Bible talks about this life we have here on earth. It's, it's, it's a, like a vapor. It's here one second and gone the next. But, you know, through the struggles and trials of life, it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in those things. I love Francis Chan has this, this picture he paints. He takes this rope. So let's just use our imaginations. Everybody got imaginations this morning? That was almost convincing. <laughs> imaginations. If we had a rope I was going across this stage, I'd grab one of these cables, but Jesse would probably kill me. We take it across this stage. Let's just pretend this rope that we have just goes on and on, just wraps around the world and never stops. And this, this rope that, that we're looking at here is a timeline of our lives. We have this rope, and we're thinking about our childhood, you know, elementary school, and then we think about junior high and, you know, what part of the rope that represents, maybe high school or college, and then maybe we had kids or grandkids, and we think about this rope, and... If we actually think about how the Bible teaches us about our life, um, this rope that goes on for all eternity, our lives here on earth are probably about the length of my finger. And that rest of that rope that goes on for all eternity. And we get caught up right here. Maybe this, this first part, you know, we're, we're going to spend this first two-thirds or life, you know, saving for that, that last one-third so we can, you know, do what we want to do or go down to Florida or, or have that. We're going to make decisions in our lives based on, the, well, wait a second, based on what? This part of the rope or, or all this part of the rope that goes on and on and on and on forever. You see, it's just like our God. That he, he's not just saying, remember, He's not just saying commit. He's giving us the power to do it. It's like, listen, listen, listen. Look at the promises I've made. Look at my faithfulness. It's not just commit, but remember there's an inheritance. There's all of eternity. So when we're making these decisions and when life gets hard and we're faced with the most difficult things in life, remember it's eternity. Remember my faithfulness before, but remember the promise of the future, what God is calling us to. When we start to make our decisions based on the promises of God, we make right decisions. When God reveals that in our hearts, in Joshua 24, we get an amazing picture of our lives with Christ today. 
from the covenant renewal ceremony Joshua had with God's people. We're called to remember, remember God's great faithfulness. And in light of that goodness of God, commit, commit our lives to him. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then live out our lives in light of eternity, the promises of God, this faithful God who's brought us through all of these things. In light of that, he's going to be faithful. He's going to fulfill his promises. Mission View Church, may we be a people who live out our faith, remembering God's goodness, committing to God's word with holy anticipation of our promised inheritance. And let us say, along with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't God good? Man, his word is so good. There's so many different directions I could have gone with Joshua 24. I love this text. And I just love the, the whole book of Joshua and the stories that go along with it. But the picture, man, I couldn't resist the picture of that covenant renewal. The story of God's grace and faithfulness and goodness, not just in our past, not just in our present, but in our future. You may be here today. Maybe you don't know Jesus. I want to challenge you to give your life to this God who is faithful who loves you, who wants to live in relationship with you, not some distant God who's not a part of our lives, but a God who actually walks through life with us, walks with us through the hardships, celebrates with us in the victories. Make that decision today for Christ. Now, if you're here and you've, you've been walking in relationship with the Lord, just like the Israelites here, they're called to renew their covenant with the Lord, that we would live out our lives, brothers and sisters, with a renewed commitment to God and passion for his goodness, passion for his mission that he's called us for. Here's my challenge to you, that you would go out from this place and for the rest of this week, you would share the testimony, that testimony of God's amazing work in your life. Share the love of God with everyone that you meet and see what God does. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we do remember, we do remember the sacrifices that you made for us. We do remember your faithfulness, that you met us in our brokenness, in our shame, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, but in your grace and mercy, you came to us anyways. And Father, we, we commit to you. We commit to your word. God, that you would empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit to walk out our lives for you. And Father, we walk knowing that we have an inheritance that even now you are preparing a place for us in eternity. And with holy anticipation, God, we live out our lives here. And Lord, we say, have your way. God, you are a great and amazing God. 
May your kingdom come and your will be done in and through our lives, in and through Mission View Church, for your glory, for your kingdom, and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen.